Blog Talk Radio. Hello. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Virtual Hedge Fund Trading Desk. I am Brett Rosenthal. This is the Armor Report, and this is an Armor on the Fly report after the Fed meeting today. So what we're going to talk about is how we trade the Fed meeting. We do it every single Fed meeting. We've made money every time this year. It's lots of fun. I'm going to walk you through how we did it today. And today was particularly difficult. All right, so this was probably the hardest trade of the year for us, as it didn't really line up with the armored day trading playbook. And yet it did, if you traded it right. And I'll show you how we did it. Now, once we go over that, um, let's talk about how we're going to invest, what stocks we're going to be buying if we do tomorrow and in the weeks ahead. And what would it be that would trigger that process? Okay. So, um, as always, I'm sharing with you how I run my own personal capital. The Armor Report is a reflection of what I call a virtual hedge fund. We are um, all managing our own capital. You're the risk manager of your own assets, so you have to make a decision when to take risk, how much risk to take. I can't do that for you, nor can anybody else uh, um, help you with that. But what I can do is share the Armor portfolios with you, how I run my own capital, how I run capital for investors I manage money for. Um, been doing this for over 30 years, ran hedge funds for a decade. So I'm sharing with you things I've learned from that process and things I keep learning. Okay. Um, so I'll get into some stocks that I might buy and how I'm going to do it, which stocks look good to me, kind of the things that are at the top of the whiteboard right now. And then as always, I'll get to Q&A. So Let's dive in. As you can see, I got a psycho bunny shirt on because that's the type of market we've got. We've got a psycho bunny market. Um, you know, <laughs> actually, will you give me a second? Can I just crack Foxy? All right. I got to crack Foxy just for a second. What is the deal with people cooking chicken in NyQuil? Who's doing that? If you're watching right now, you need to go sit in the back, put that little hat on and stare at the wall. Okay. Let's cook chicken in EVOO. What do you think? All right. Moving on. That just drives me crazy, that story. Um, let's go over what the market did today and how we were positioned. The Armour Report uses seven algorithms that when they all communicate together, we call that the risk monitor. And when we get them communicating together, risk monitor green, we put capital to work. It's the highest probability entry when reward is worth risk. So our job is to get on the right side of probabilities when rewards worth risk. And so as you can imagine, we've spent most of 2022 in cash in that risk monitor only portfolio that we call the index only portfolio. So we use these seven index algos, the NASDAQ, the S&P, the Dow, the small cap index, those are the big four, momentum, value, and IBD 50. Those are the secondaries. And we only trade those indexes in that one portfolio. And at the armor report, you can see right there, right there, is the armor report, armrreport.com. Become a subscriber, you log in, you can see all the portfolios we're running and how we run them. So let's just jump in real quick for some perspective, depending on how you all are doing this year. If you're plus or minus 5% this year, you're killing it. Let's look at some perspective. Okay, right there. Market's down 20.5%. The first 181 days, thanks for the Twitter guy who put that out there for us, in 2022. It's the fifth worth, 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 I need a drink, <laughs> worst start of the year. Okay, let's dig into the NASDAQ 100. Look at these returns in the NASDAQ 100. In the year 2000, down 37%. NASDAQ 100 in 2001, down 33 And in 2002, down 38%. So for those of you who don't remember what a bear market is, this is what we're living through. And right now, the market's down 28% for the year. Okay? So there's just some perspective. Job number one for a portfolio manager on a virtual hedge fund desk or whether or not you're running money on your own, it's to protect capital in years like this so you can capture upside coming out of it. I generally don't recommend short selling. Okay? 
And the reason is while you make, make some money in a year like this short selling, if you get too committed and too focused in that regard, you're going to miss massive upside coming out of this. So for most individuals, for most capital I run, it's cash and then it's targeted entries into the S&P first. And when we've earned the right to take the risk, we start layering in our top individual investments and ETF groups that we want to own. So that's how we manage money here at the Armor Report. Um, let's take a look at a couple of different indexes to understand what the Fed's comments today, what they really mean, and how, what can you use, and what do we use on our desk? Obviously, you can become a subscriber, Armor Report right there, .com, ARMRReport.com. You can join us live on the desk. We're live all day. We share screen just like this. I'm going to show you charts in a minute, and those charts are live throughout the trading session, and we're talking you through the trades we're making. Um, and so we look at these assets as leading indicators to help us trade the market. So first of all is the U.S. dollar. The dollar is in an unreal rip higher for most of this year, something that you might never see again in your lifetime. Currency markets generally don't trade like this. What you're seeing here, and if I had to guess really what that is, I think personally is a reflection of the instability in Europe. And so there's this desire to get out of euros and all other currencies and hoard US dollars in wartime. I think it's something that we're seeing. It's not just because the Fed's raising rates. Because the Fed raises rates and then the ECB raises rates. So everyone raises rates. But to get that kind of move, there's, there's a major instability. That's what's crushing commodity prices that are priced in dollars. Dollar goes through the roof. It's hard to make money in silver and gold. Hard to make money in copper. Hard to make money in steel. Hard to make money in almost anything that's commodity related that's priced in dollars. All right, you're going to tell me, oil, natural gas. That's a different scenario, right? Because that has to do with the literal issue in Eastern Europe, which is energy. And so that's the only thing I can see bucking the trend so far this year. So one thing we looked for when the Fed raised rates again today, one thing we were looking for is will this rally in the dollar not make it to that green line? So one of my favorite books, um, you know, got a handful of books that I can recommend that anybody new to the game should read cover to cover and take notes on. And one of them is the definitive technical analysis book by John Murphy called Technical Analysis of um, uh, um, Financial Markets. Okay. And so just basic trend line analysis there. These are just like trend line analysis 101. You get an uptrend like that. And what you're looking for is when, the rally can't make it to the top of the trend and it rolls over. It tells you the rally's losing steam. Okay. So we were hoping we were going to see some type right here where this was this big down bar here. And I was hoping we were going to see it, you know, make a double top and break down. And instead, as you can see, it made new highs today on the dollar. That's just a killer. Okay. That's a killer. We're also looking at the, the, the long bond market. Now the long bond market was a bit, of a better picture. It was actually up today. So it's trying to hold on to the bottom of this channel. Breakout of the bottom of that channel, serious problems. And this is the 7 to 10 year, which also had a nice reversal. So this plays into what do we do tomorrow. I'm going to get to that in a minute. We're going to talk about how we're going to trade tomorrow. But let's look at the day trade on the S&P we did today, because it's just a classic thing that we do on the Armour Trading Desk thearmorreport.com. You can always join us, okay? We trade the indexes every day. Some days are easier than others. I wouldn't say today was easy, but we have the morning meeting for all Armor Insiders where we go over our strategy that we're going to execute throughout the day. I'm going to share with you something I think every portfolio manager needs to learn. This is one of the most important things you need to learn. I'm going to share this with you. 
taken me a long time to learn it myself. I have to keep reminding myself. Okay, so you, you teach best what you need to learn. So I'll keep talking about it. You need to create your strategy and your game plan when the market's closed and the TV's off and then execute that strategy only the rest of the day. Don't make decisions on the fly. Don't come up with these great ideas. Oh, I read this. I saw that. that. Steve Leisman said this. I don't know. Kramer said that. Let's put a trade on. That's gambling. That's going to just constantly lose you money. If you get rid of all of those gut trades that you're sure are going to be right and just execute your strategy, you're going to see your performance improve dramatically. So what I do is I keep a book by my desk of all of these great ideas I have in the middle of trading, and I write them down. If they're that good, they're going to be good tomorrow. I'm going to take 24 hours to sit on them, think about them, research them, make sure I want to execute it, add it to the morning meeting that I have with Armour Insiders, and then we'll execute it. Okay, so that's just something for you to consider if you want to try to improve your own um, performance as a, as a fund manager. So here's what we did today. Um, this is a, our day trading screen. We use three-minute charts. The red bars are down, the, green bar, uh, the blue bars are up. All the other bars on the line, on all the other lines on the um, chart, with the exception of the dashes here, are part of our day trading algorithm. We call it the price movement Profiler. What you're looking at is the S&P, the NASDAQ, the small cap index, and VIX. We only need these four assets to day trade. I don't have to trade anything else. It doesn't have to be confusing. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to have 10 different stocks. You, you could trade these four assets and turn a profit. I knew one guy in the business. I was this is back when I was in New York and running a hedge fund, actually running professional money back then. We moved down here to run the fund. But there was a guy that all he did was trade Microsoft all day long. That's all he traded. And this guy made a fortune. So anybody telling you, that, you know, check out our hot stocks. And every morning we're going to give you the hot stocks. They're selling you a bill of goods. It's like snake oil. Get, get really good at one thing and keep executing that thing, and you'll be a much better trader. Anyway, so what we love to do is trade these four, okay? So on Fed Day, and I'm going to blow up now just the S&P, because what we, what we find on Fed Day is that um, typically the best trade is an up trade, all right? We get long on Fed Day. That's typically the best trade. So you're looking at the market right here. We don't trade in the morning because the market basically just flatlines. And so what I like to do is I, I just make a white box here and I say no trading until Fed meeting. Okay. Then we trade the reaction. Now that's for pure day trading. What I did today To be clear, armor portfolios are sitting on more than 90% cash. So as a fund manager, when I come in today, I say, what is my most vulnerable flank? Where is the enemy going to attack? And for me, carrying 90% cash, the most vulnerable part for me was if the market ripped higher because the Fed said something a little bit more dovish. So for me, I put on a quarter of my trade before the news broke, okay? I would not do that if I was just day trading a portfolio. I don't trade until the news comes out, then I react. But I'm trading a bigger portfolio, and I'm looking at my risk. And my risk, if the market had ripped higher today, was that I'd have, not, I'd have no exposure. So I put on a small piece with the intention, only a quarter, with the intention of ratcheting that position up after the news came out. And this is what we did. So I had a small piece on right in here, came down, touched the bottom of the, of the consolidation in the morning. I bought a little bit right here. It rallied up into the news and then cratered. Now, those of you who know me know that I usually use a stop, okay? And I told everybody in the meeting, morning and as we were doing it while it was happening I said guys no stop on this piece 
of the S&P that I've got. No stop. There's going to be mayhem the minute the news breaks. It's either going to be a huge up bar, and I'm going to be glad I had a piece on, or it's going to crater, and I'm going to have to sit with it for at least 15 minutes before making my next decision. Okay? And I beseeched all of you that whatever position you're taking before the news breaks has to be a manageable size. When volatility is enormous, your size has to get smaller to manage that volatility. Okay? So there wasn't a moment on my desk today when the market was getting crushed for the first six minutes after the news broke that I broke a sweat. I didn't break a sweat. I didn't do anything. I was like twiddling my thumbs and you know, enjoying a drink of a coffee, waiting for the 15-minute segment to end so that I could put on a maximum position size near the lows of the day, which is exactly what we did, okay? So market craters for each bar is three minutes, don't forget. So this is just a three-minute, six-minute, nine-minute window. The market bottoms, nine, 12, call it 15 minutes. It took 15 minutes for the market to bottom, and we put on a maximum position size right here on that bar, okay? We're going to cover that whole bar green. That was the bar we had our maximum position size on. The stop that we used at that point was the low of this crazy reaction tail. So I put maximum position size on here, and I was willing to carry it to a new low of the day. That was where I had my stop. You can't use stops that are too tight on wildly volatile days, or a tail like this will take you out of a great trade, okay? So the stop is in here. The reason we put this position on right here is this is a classic armor volume reversal. So we've got seven reversals that we use. This looks like 10, but there's just seven <laughs> reversals that we use. And then I share with Armor Insiders, okay? Um, Thearmorreport.com right here, ARMRreport.com. And one of those seven, in fact, the number one trigger we use when we're day trading is this trigger right here, okay? And if you are out there trading this right now too with us using your own trigger, well done. Let me know here in the comment section, what was the asset you were trading down there? And if you don't mind, a real quick reason why. I'd love to hear it. So I'm going to share my information. If you have some information source that you're using making you money, drop it down there in the comment section and let me know. If you were on that trade with us, give me a like. Hit that like button. Who's on that trade with us right down here? Give me a hello. All right? So anyway, we put the trade on here, maximum position size, and it ripped right up and through here. We didn't sell any of our position until this bar right here. Not here, not here, not here. This was the bar that we sold. That bar. This bar right in here. Actually, we didn't, we sold it a little bit higher. We're using that exit right in here. Okay? We took our whole position off right there. Now, you might say that's crazy. There's no way we top-ticked the market like that. Well, first of all, we didn't top-tick it. It was a little bit higher a few bars earlier. But there's a method to the madness. And what I want to show you here is this blue line right here. This is called the average true range. You can find this on your own charts. This is a trade station chart. You can find average true range any way you want on all different charting softwares. You're going to see an average true range high in here, this blue line right here, okay? ATR high right there. Now, I'm going to call them the armor ATRs because we take the off-the-shelf average true range calculation and we infuse it with top-day and multi-day volatility components based on the asset we're trading. And you'll see the lines move. Normally, an ATR just prints across the screen. 
What you're going to see here is that the ATR high of the day dropped down dramatically. It started the day up here, and it came down to here, okay? So one of our favorite trades is to buy the ATR low, which is what we did right here, the break right off the ATR low. And when we get above the ATR high, we start looking for an excuse to book a profit, particularly with the S&P. Now, individual stocks can blow out above the ATR and run all day to extreme levels above the ATR. But the S&P, the NASDAQ 100, the small cap, the Dow, the big indexes, man, it is so hard for them to trade above or below the ATR for an extended period of time. So what I like to do, when I see that rip higher, the sell off, the rally back, okay, and it starts to violate the low of two bars ago, which is what this bar does, okay, that ended up being a tail, but it violated the low of two bars ago. I book the profit and I put a buy stop in right above these highs. This is the strategy that I love to employ. When I get the move I want, I book 100% of my gain, but then I'll put a buy stop in at the level I think I want to get long again. So if this was a day that was going to keep extending higher, I would have gotten long again for the breakout that would have ripped again. But if the market rolls over and craters, I'm done. And I've extracted my alpha for the day. I came into the day 90% cash. I put a bunch of that cash to work in the S&P near the low, and I sold that position near the high of the day and then put a buy stop in just in case it wanted to keep running. Instead, it cratered to the close. Could I have put a short out? Absolutely. We talked about it on the desk. But first of all, my bread and butter trade is long. I mean, that's just where I make most of my money. We have made money short on the desk this year, but I really caution people against it. You have to be a certain type of person to be able to handle the pressure of short selling, first of all. And I think most people aren't built that way. And that's not a slight to anybody who thinks they are. It's just the human brain just doesn't want to be short, you know, because you might think you want to be short. And then the market starts to go against you. And it's like you're heading a vice. And what I like to say to people is, look, you don't, you don't need to be short. The market's cratering and you're 100% cash. You win. You win. The alpha is like this for you. And then your job, your singular focus, what we're doing on the Armor Report trading desk every day is looking to harvest that alpha by getting long the S&P following these simple Armor Day trading rules. I say simple. <laughs> it ain't that simple, right? But the execution part's hard. Knowing what to do, it's not that hard. But getting yourself to do it correctly and execute, that's the hard part. And we do it together on the virtual hedge fund desk every day, 8.30 morning meeting, live all day, trading together, sharing information together, armreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. Think about joining us. All right. Um, so we extracted all the alpha we could out of the market today on the long side, and then the market just imploded. So what's the big picture and where do we go from here? And then I'm going to get to your questions. Um, why don't we look at charts together? And I'm going to roll through with you what my thought process is for trading tomorrow and the rest of this week. And I'll share some stocks that I think um, look interesting too, depending on what the market does here. All right. So we already looked at the bond market. Bond market had a better than expected day. The dollar had a worse than expected day. So Grab a pen and a piece of paper and write these things down so that you can do this on your own if you're not on the desk with us. I don't know why you wouldn't be. <laughs> and come on, join us. We love to work with you. We have, we have our insiders in 35 countries around the world. And we're all working together, sharing information together. It's lots of fun. I've discovered, you know, since the time I've been running this business and, um, um, and sharing my information, is that you guys bring more information to the table than I could have ever dreamed. And so I appreciate all the effort Armor Insiders are making every day on the virtual desk with me sharing information. It's just great. So I appreciate that, guys. Anyway, write this down. Um, the dollar. If the dollar reverses here and breaks back down, putting in like a almost like a 
island reversal top, that would be very bullish tomorrow. Okay? So if it doesn't get to the green line and instead reverses and breaks down tomorrow and puts in kind of like a double top, but with a almost like a, a bull trap up here, that would be bullish to me. That would get me more bullish. Okay? Um, I'm watching treasuries. So we want to see if treasuries can hold these lows and actually start going up in here. That would be bullish, particularly for the NASDAQ 100. Now let's go look at the indexes themselves. So what we're doing here is every time the Fed opens its mouth, it's a huge down day. This was the Fed at Jackson Hole. This was the CPI data that freaked everybody out. This is the Fed meeting today. I think it's fairly clear we're going to get a test of the lows of the year. And once we get down there, we have to see if there's a reversal going to form, okay? Same thing with the NASDAQ 100. Some of you want to know, should we be short right here? The time to short was up here. And we put on some short positions in the armor report, and we booked some profits along the way. And I'm not short now. I'm more interested in getting long near the lows of the year on a double bottom reversal than trying to get that, that last piece of short capital off the table. I really believe that. If the market just craters from here and I have cash, that's fine with me. And I'll look to day trade long and short, collecting what gains I can collect. But I don't want to be positional short down here. Okay. Here's something else you want to look at and keep an eye on. I'm keeping an eye on Bitcoin. Bitcoin takes out these lows. We've got a serious problem with the market. What's the price of Bitcoin right now? Let's take a quick look. 18400 Okay, so that's $1,000 below the price that if you follow me on Twitter, I've been tweeting about, you know, for the last few weeks now. 19400 was the line in the sand that Bitcoin could not go below. It's now $1,000 below that, which to me means Bitcoin's going down to test 10000 Okay, there, I said it. But if it doesn't and it reverses, this is something I have on my radar. I'm watching constantly because it's a lead indicator for risk assets. Let's don't debate whether or not one day it's, you know, some other asset. But right now, it's a lead indicator for risk assets. And the fact that it's $1,000 below that key 19400 level is a major problem for markets. But these are things that I'm watching closely. Okay, I have my screen open here. We're looking at treasuries. This is the day trading screens again. Okay, gold, the dollar, Bitcoin. Okay, so let's move over to gold now. I don't own gold yet, but I love that what could be possible reversal in gold. And if it can, I'm going to put up Sprott Physical Gold, P-H-Y-S, because that's what I'll own. So this is a breakdown, as you can see, of this, this, you know, this structure, very clear structure on gold. That's a breakdown here. So what I'm looking for is a reversal in gold back above that white line in here. If it closes the week above this level on Sprott Physical Gold, I will be long Sprott Physical Gold. I'm already long. Here's something. Write it down. Sprott Physical Silver. We're long silver on our desk. And the beauty here is that silver usually leads gold in a bull market for the metal. Now, in order for this to really take off, I think you need the dollar to be breaking down. So if the dollar skyrockets again tomorrow and touches the top of that trend line, maybe the metals don't go up. It's true. There are moments in time, if you go back over the years, where the dollar goes up and precious metals goes up with the dollar. It could always happen. Then we know we'll be on to a monster metal trade. We're not there yet, but write it down. This gold, we're already on silver. 
I'd like to triple my silver position, so I have just a starter position. I want to be long gold, but I have to see it close the week higher, and that, that breakdown this week will be a, that, that perfect bear trap. I'd like to see Bitcoin recover back above 19400 If it does, it might be long Bitcoin. And all of this, I believe, will require a reversal down in the dollar. So we'll be watching that tomorrow and the rest of the week. Along with that, treasuries. Breakdown in the dollar, rally in treasuries. What looks awful right now in the market could end up looking like a great risk on opportunity in the S&P. And so I'm looking for that. All right? If we get that, I'll be buying the S&P first. What would you be buying? What's your first investment? I'd like to hear it right down in the comments section. What will be the investment you take if we go from risk off, which we are right now? Risk monitors read the armor report. Has been for most of this year. It's why we have huge alpha versus the indexes this year. It's a moral imperative for us to capture that alpha. It's the most important thing we can do as money managers. So for me, the first step is to own the S&P. I'm going to do it through probably, I'm going to swing trade SSO, which is twice the S&P. I'll day trade SPXL, which is three times the S&P. So I'll put on a swing trading position, and I'll augment it with a quadruple, excuse me, a triple S&P position for day trades. If I decide on an intraday basis, I want more exposure. What would you be buying is what I'd like to know. Put it right down here in the comments section. What's at the top of your whiteboard? Here's some names at the top of my whiteboard. So gold and silver, you already know. The silver stocks and GDX are the next two things. And we actually have a position in GDX already. Not big, but I'm looking at possible double bottom in here, and I want to own these things early, right? And then if they pop, I triple the position and let it run. If it breaks down, I take a quick loss on a small position size. SILJ, I have an interest in owning that. I don't own it yet. It, it, I've got my eye on putting a position on right, right in here. If it takes out these highs, I'm going to do it. Okay? I, I have my eye on a handful of defense stocks. AVAV, one of my favorite. Lockheed Martin, I think, is a perfect setup. Okay, Northrop Grumman should be in there. NOC. Now, that looks like a god-awful breakout because it failed because the market was imploding. If it holds these levels. So I'm sharing with you right now, before we get to the q and I'm going to take your questions now, but I'm just sharing with you right now what's on my whiteboard. And these things are at the top of my whiteboard. If the market craters from here, I'm not going to own any of these things. So first of all, none of what I tell you is a recommendation of what you should do. I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know your goals. I don't know the kind of money you're running. So I would never deign to tell you how to run your money. I'm sharing with you how to run my own money. And if that information helps you, then I feel like I've done my job. Okay? So let me know what's the top of your, what are your top three positions that you have an interest in? I'd love to see it in the comment section here. All right, let's build a list together so we can reference this video over the next couple of days and weeks. And I'll answer you. If you've got questions, I'll let you know. I'm going to run on our algos on different positions and see where the swing trading entry point is. At the Armour Report, we're really focusing our, our, our um, investing process on three stages. Well, we start by doing the research. We have a whiteboard of names we want to own. On that whiteboard, what I'm doing now, every day for Armour Insiders, you can go to the website, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R-Report.com, Insiders. And in the Slack room that we talk all day, I'm going to post this every day for you in the Slack room, we have a list of names on our whiteboard, research names we want to own. At the very top of the board is the top shelf. That top shelf Every day I'm going to update it with the, the, the positions that are now in a swing trading window that may give us a risk on entry point for that specific position. And I'm going to tell you the price. 
that the asset has to go above for that trigger to occur. Then what we do is use day trading strategies to get on those trades correctly so we have a profit by the end of the day. It's a lot easier to hold a position overnight in a portfolio when you already have a gain. It's a cushion for, net, for, for, for principal. So we use day trading techniques on swing trading entry points that turn into investments. We don't have to swing trade, right? Because if we put these trades on, they start going up and the risk monitor goes green. Well, now we got an investment environment. We can hold the positions for a long time, depending on how they trade. That's the armor investing way, all right? So these names are on the list. They may fall off the list tomorrow if they don't go above certain levels and we don't get the risk on interest. But I'm just giving you a quick look into a window into what we're looking at on our desk, what interests us. A um, couple of names. Schlumberger got wrecked today, down 3%, okay? But it's in the right position. If this whole thing were to reverse and skyrocket tomorrow and close above the high of that big up day, I would expect the armor swing trading outlaw to go positive. Not make it long, Schlumberger. It's an armor power play name. Okay, trade desk. Top of my list, trade desk. We already made this money. Remember, you guys can go watch the video. And don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe to this channel on YouTube right now. Just go hit the subscribe button. You'll get notices whenever we do these armor on the fly videos. We're going to be doing this more often. And you'll also see we did a complete study on how we made 260% on an options trade in Trade Desk. Okay, that trade's already been booked, but that name is at the very top of my whiteboard. Okay, for reasons that, again, at the Armor Report, you can go look at the um, Armor Research, where I break down for you conference calls we listen to and what I hear on those calls that, that really elevate an investment idea to a top shelf power play name. And you can read, we covered a couple of conference calls for Trade Desk, really the last three quarters, and you'll see the progression of what's happening inside that company. Um, so this is at the top of my list. There's a little double bottom on a 200-day moving average, and the Armour Algo for swing trading is about to go positive here if the market doesn't crash, right? The market's cratering, we won't get the trigger, but it's at the top of our list. Same thing with Cloudflare, top of the list. Same thing with Fortinet. Believe it or not, Fortinet's on the list. I wouldn't put it at the top, though. You see it's trading below all the moving averages, so it's kind of the weakest of what I've just showed you. Now take a look at net. Trading right at the 50-day. Take a look at Trade Desk, right? Trading at or above the 200 and the 50-day. Right? So those are a couple of names. And then I'll just throw in one last one. That's on semi. Okay? That's looking like an interesting setup as well. So those are my thoughts for uh, tonight. Those are my thoughts for tonight. Tomorrow we'll come into the day. Um, I'm leaning towards looking for a long trade. If the market gaps down, I'll really be looking for a long trade. That'll be a no-brainer to me. Let it gap down, test the lows, and reverse. I'll be looking to pick up that trade. Market gaps up and runs, I'm probably looking to short that. So I just don't know. We'll have to trade together on the desk. And what we like to say here on the desk is read and react. Don't come in with preconceived notions. Write down your strategy. If X, then Y. If A, then B. And then you just wait to see which strategy starts to unfold and execute. First thing I'll do is look to get long the S&P, turn it into a swing trade if I can. Second thing I'll look to do is get long gold and increase my silver and gold mining positions and silver in general. Third thing I'll do, look to add Bitcoin if it can hold these lows and reverse back above that line in the sand that I think is important. Those are the things that are at the top of my list. If I can make money on those trades, then I've earned the right to start filling out the portfolio with individual names, some of which I just mentioned to you. So that'll be a rolling process. 
where I'll need the risk monitor to go green before I start buying the individual stocks. Okay? So anyway, those are my thoughts for tonight. I hope you found the Armour Report on the fly helpful. Go ahead and hit that like button because I find that helpful. And um, let's get to your questions. What do you got for me? Mark, any uh, relief rally? Um, unemployment for midterms. Any relief rally? So um, I, I think you're asking me, am I expecting a relief rally in the market? Um, the Fed didn't say anything to give us a feeling of relief, but when I when I look at, uh, I think maybe I covered this uh, a little bit, but when I look at this chart right here, we're coming down to the lows of the year, and it would be natural to see a, a the lows tested and a reversal set up. And if that happens, man, that's where I want to get long. It's almost... Like I said, Mark, it's like a moral imperative. It's like an easy trade for me. You know, the market goes down to the lows of the year. NASDAQ will be down more than 30%. And the S&P will be down more than 25%. I get a risk on entry point. I'm getting long the S&P. It's just like a no-brainer trade, even if I take a loss on that position. So then what happens? The market's down 40%, and maybe I'm down 5 or 6 Okay, so I'm down 5 or 6% in a year. The market's down 40 I'm a huge winner, and when the turn comes, I have my capital intact to take my net worth to a new high. So at some point, there'll be a relief rally. I'm looking for it. I don't know when it's going to happen. You wanted to know what I thought of, like, you know, meta. No interest in meta. Not on my list. I'd be short this thing all the way to zero. Oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that. I don't don't think Facebook's going to zero. But... um, I think it's dead money for a while. And I think it's probably dead money until Mark Zuckerberg is ousted from Facebook and somebody else comes in and starts running that company correctly. Um, Intel. I mean, this looks like a death spiral. I, I, I mean, I, I, don't know. I don't know what you're thinking on these names, brother, because th- these are just god-awful chart patterns, um, uh, you know, leading to the downside. Just horrific. AMD is a little bit better, but the semiconductor stocks don't really interest me right here. They just they just don't look very good. Now, um, Snap looks terrible. I, I don't have any interest in Snap. But you did mention pins, and I would say you sunk my battleship. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you mentioned pins, and it's a hit on my battleship. How about that? Mark, pins is an armor power play um, um, whiteboard name. For those of you who are um, new to the Armour Report, we're coming with an Armour 2.0. So we're, com- we're completely redoing our website. And hopefully in a month, we'll have that ready for you guys. We're just tweaking it and working on it. And one of the things we're doing is making the Armour research segment of that website really searchable. You're going to be able to go to that research segment. We've got coverage of a lot of conference calls on there. You're going to be able to put in, for instance, turnaround as a, um, uh, um, as a filter. And it's going to pull up all of the stocks that we've done research on that we think are in turnarounds that are pretty interesting. Pinterest is at the top of the list. New management comes out of Google, smart guy running the company now, I love when the founders, who I love founders, I think they're great, but they get to a point where they're not managers, they're visionaries, and they can't manage themselves through a difficult period. They have to step back and bring in somebody who can get the job done. When that happens, I get very interested in the investment. That's what's going on in Pinterest. Let me take a moment to explain the Armour Research segment of our website. It's not like anything you've seen. Okay, I don't want to, you know, I hope it doesn't sound arrogant. It's not meant to be arrogant. It literally is not like anything you've ever seen. I'm not writing research reports where you have to go through and read 15 pages worth of some deep dive, okay, into some, you know, some big reveal of, of maybe information um, that, that's valuable. People 
people already do that. You can get research reports. You can read something on Seeking Alpha. Guys on Seeking Alpha love to write, you know, huge reports, okay? And I personally don't find any value in that. I find it interesting. It's a great read. And I don't make any money on that information. In fact, I might go as far as to say it costs me money because you end up falling in love with an idea. Let me tell you something. If you married a 15-page research report, a 20-page research report, by the time you're done reading it, you're so sunk in the philosophy of what a great idea it is, you can't think straight when it comes to trading and investing correctly. So I try to avoid that. And at the OHAM report, what I'm trying to do for you, I've been doing this over 30 years. I listen to conference calls. I meet management teams of companies. I have one-on-one conversations, or I do it through conference calls, okay? And I'm looking for specific pieces of information that make money. Information makes money, and institutions make markets, I'm taking over 30 years of experience doing this where I share with you, this is the piece of information on this whole conference call. This is the only thing that matters to me. And let me tell you why. It's because it's the only thing that matters to institutions, the guys who have the money that's going to invest or not in this company. So we listened to a conference call today of a company. I love the idea. Great product. Internet of Things. It was an Internet of Things company. Wonderful story. Management team, unfortunately, being run by the founder, PhD, which is great. Founders with PhDs are great, but they don't know how to run companies most of the time. Okay? So right there, it's Mark against. But no matter how great the idea is we were listening to, it was a brilliant idea. Unlimited growth potential. Oops, then we found out that they rely on one foundry to supply them with product. And so they have this great pent-up demand that they can't service. They're a small guy. So they have supply chain issues like everybody else. And when all the big guys come back with demand, they're going to go back to the back of the trough. I've seen this happen over and over and over again in my life. So no matter how great a product is, and no matter how much of a visionary somebody is, it doesn't necessarily make it a great investment. So what I try to do at the Armour Report, this research section, is just share with you what I heard on that call, bullish or bearish. It doesn't mean the stock can't go up. It doesn't mean it can't be a sweet trade. But I'm looking for the stock going to go from 15 to 500. I'm not looking for the stock to going to go to 15 to 50 back to 15. Now, there's nothing wrong with 15 to 50. That's a bull market, right? You can buy anything. It pops up. The whole market's going up. You make some money. But I'm looking for the things that can create serious wealth. And that's what I try to share with you when I cover these calls. Pinterest is something that really interests me. It's at the top of my list. Oil and gas. Uh, Oil and gas. I'm I'm not on oil and gas right now with the exception of the pipelines. I own the pipelines. I I have a dividend portfolio set up. I'm collecting yield from the pipelines, from some of the big uh, um, multi-international energy companies. I I think energy is obviously a good idea. And long-term, the supply-demand functions there. I just feel like it's overplayed right now. When I look at the armor algo for swing trading, it's just all wrong right now. It looks like they're, they're all going lower. So I can't participate right now in the energy sector, although I have a lot of names that I like. Um, what do we got here? Um, oh, great. I love that. Way to go, Jason. I'm so glad to hear that, man. That's excellent. Um what else we got here? Cool, cool. What are the questions we got? Yeah, obviously we have some weird bot that's putting in ridiculous comments about some, you know, dating website. So let's just ignore that. Um, GFS. 
global foundries. Manufactured hmm. circuit boards. I mean, it looks like some pretty good numbers coming through here. I don't know anything about global foundries. Not a bad looking chart. Oh, you're not looking at that. You're looking at my head. Um, so that's the weekly chart or a daily chart of global founders. I mean, I'm not a big fan right now of semiconductor stocks. Okay. So um, I need to see socks looking better than it looks right now. It could be a double bottom in here. If Fox makes a double bottom, Ooh, you know what? Write that down on your list of things to watch. We're looking at treasuries. We're looking at long-term bonds, TLT, IEV seven to 10 year. We're watching VIX of course. We didn't talk about VIX right now, but we're watching VIX every day. We're, we're looking at Bitcoin, okay? So another thing on the list is semiconductors that tends to lead technology. So if semis can hold the lows and put in a reversal and we get a risk-on entry point using a, a swing trade algo, that'd be very bullish for the market. And maybe I would take a look at global foundries. I can't do it right now. Precious metals, metaverse, Bitcoin, and MSOS. Salbera, so, I, I love all of those. Um, problem with MSOS right now, the biggest problem I see with MSOS, and of course, we're not long MSOS. You guys know how I run money. So a couple of weeks ago, we got on the cannabis couch and we talked about, hey, you know, it's time to uh, take a shot at cannabis right in here as it was breaking out. MSOS, my favorite way to do it. So um, we bought it in here. And when it comes back below that black line, which is the 50-day, we get out. And it's just not working right now. We were buying some call options back in here, and I still own my calls, and they go out till next year. They're just like a, a, a lottery ticket that I'm holding on to. But the biggest problem is I see it right now. I just, right before I came on to do this uh, live stream with you, I saw a, um, um, a report that um, the betting parlors were seeing a dramatic increase in Republicans taking the House and the Senate, okay? If, if Republicans take Congress, that's not going to be necessarily a good thing for cannabis. Now, it doesn't mean cannabis has to crater to new lows, but it's not going to be that thing that gets it to blow out. We're going to need other things. You know, it's, you know, what I said a couple of weeks ago about MSOS is that I own a little bit of it because it's my hedge against insanity. If we have a Democratic White House and Democrats take over Congress, that's when insanity reigns. And I mean no disrespect to Democrats. It's true if the Republicans run everything. I think what works best in this country, and since we have armor insiders all over the world, the United States of America works best if there's checks and balances, right? So if we have a Republican president, we're looking for a Democrat Congress and vice versa, all right? Whenever you get both going in the same direction, that's when things really get screwed up. <coughs> so... If somehow Democrats pull it out and they take over Congress, I'm going to be uh, disappointed from, a, from the standpoint of being an American, but um, wildly optimistic about my cannabis holdings. Right? So it's like I have a bit of a position there as a, as a hedge on insanity. But um, right now, when we're, if the betting parlors are right, Republicans are starting to gain some serious steam for November, and that, that's going to be a problem for cannabis right now. Uh, uranium. You know, um, my favorite way to play it is URNM, which is Sprott Physical. And you can just see it, it runs up to the downtrend and then it fails. So I got nothing for you on uranium right now. I don't think it can go up with the market going down. It's a risk-on type asset. So fundamentals, fundamentals, I love them. Nothing wrong with it. Technically, not ready. Armor Algo telling us to stay away from uranium right now. It'll turn and I'll be there when it changes. How often do you day trade individual small caps? Um, Rich, we do that every day, and we call it charmer trading. We call them charmer trades. We look for specific small cap ideas. We have an armor insider who's really great at sharing with us a list first thing in the morning of potential, you know, explosive small cap names. It's not my bailiwick. It's not my favorite thing to do. I'll be right out there and tell you. Uh, Rich, not my favorite thing to do, but this is the beauty to me of the virtual hedge fund community. Chad is great at it. There's a shout out to Chad. He's been an Armour insider 
from the very beginning, back in the January of 2020. He was one of the originals, okay? Um, he brings into the room his top names, and we use an armored day trading algo to find the ones that we want to trade, that I want to trade, and I share that. He trades all of them and does quite well and shares it with everybody in the room. But I like to trade just certain ones when I get a specific setup using the algo. And so um, I would say almost every day there's some ideas in the room that we trade. Um, I don't trade them every day. I look for a specific market, um, Rich, which is really a risk on, risk monitor green, risk on type of market. If we get that, when we had that 24-day run in the market, you know, it went like this, we were just crushing it on individual day trading, <laughs> trading small cap stocks. During that rip, we were just crushing it. And I was in there making trades with Chad. In a bear market, risk monitor red market implosion, I don't normally trade small cap names. I stay with the big indexes, and I use triple the index. So let's be honest, Rich. I get a lot of upside when I'm right. And I might day trade 50 to 100% of my portfolio in the S&P. I don't find that very risky. It might sound risky to you, but it's, it's the S&P, right? So there's no single stock risk there, and I can use leverage. So to me, there's all different kinds of risk. I, I would rather use an algo and trade the big indexes in a big way to capture a lot of upside than trade small cap stocks in the wrong market. But when the window opens for the right market, I'm all over it. In the meantime, Chad every morning sets us up and all Armour Insiders with the list. And there's other Armour Insiders that share ideas too. So there's a group of our insiders who love to do that, Rich, and they all share the information together. ID, ID Doc, Mo, how you doing, man? Nice to see you tonight. Thanks for joining. Um, I'm so close to, to loading up on the metals. I can't believe you're close to doing it, Mo. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think you'd be back in precious metals. In fact, I've heard you say on this show that you've sworn off precious metals. But um, I love that you have an open mind. Good for you. And you know that AEM is one of my favorites. Okay? So, uh, you know, it's making a higher low. It actually looks better than GDX. But I don't see a, I don't see a trigger yet. Uh, in it. Uh, EGO, you know, I don't personally, you know, again, the, the, the technical double bottom looks reasonable. I just don't like where they're doing, uh, um, where their properties are. I try to stay uh, in particular um, uh, areas of the world where I feel most comfortable with the uh, deposits. I just don't need the excess risk. So um, EGO is not on my list. Um, Valley, you know, I like Valley, and if you're going to look at Valley, and then we have to look at Rio Tinto right down there at the bottom on Valley. Boy, it looks better than Rio Tinto. <laughs> Interesting. BHP. And here's the ETF of all of them. That's a really interesting ETF. First Trust, Global Natural Resources. And it owns all three of them, and so that's an interesting way to get exposure to Valley and, and all the others at once if you have an interest with a nice dividend yield. So um, of the three you named, I, uh, there, you know, AEM and Valley would be on the list. Uh, SQM is a, is a favorite of a certified armor analyst who's been with us since the beginning, Eris, one of his favorites. I'm, I'm just not ready to put money in lithium right now, uh, Jason. It's It's... It's on my list. I'd like to own lithium, LTHM, SQM, uh, ALB, okay? But these things are just too extended for me in what I, what I think is a, a market that's in the process of imploding. Now, if the market, you know, can hold the double bottom and give us a risk on entry point in the indexes, and, and I'm willing to take more risk, maybe I go after lithium, but I'm not willing to go after it right now. All right, uh, Casey, Casey, hey, how you doing, Casey? Hey, I appreciate that, Casey. Uh, thank you so much for those comments. Uh, that, that, uh, I appreciate it. 
Um, I'll keep crushing. All right, we will, brother. We will. Um, and that's the way to do it. I mean, that's that's really one way to do it there, KC. It's for my for my um, my uh, um, more risk adverse portfolios and conservative money I run. I've just been sitting in cash for a long time, and like you, waiting for that double bottom risk monitor goes green. Put the capital to work. It's going to be the easiest trade of the year. Simply, if you look at it from an alpha point of view, we're just going to harvest alpha by putting the trade on. If we hit the tight stop, we go back to cash. If it rockets off the low and the market ends the year down 15%, we're going to end the year up some significant number. <laughs> it's going to be great. That's the trade. I'm, I am hunting that trade. You know, I will be significantly disappointed in myself if I'm not on that trade. All right, guys, I really appreciate the time you've spent with me. Um, it's 9 o'clock. I'm going to wrap up here. Uh, time to put the kids to sleep. They should be in bed already. But uh, they need a, a kiss uh, uh, from their dad, no doubt. I'll see you all, all Armor Insiders tomorrow. Um, we're going to go at it at 8.30 for our morning meeting, set up our strategy, and then just execute that strategy throughout the day. If you guys want to join us, consider right here, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com, and um, become a portfolio manager on our virtual hedge fund trading desk. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for spending time with us.